Good day, and welcome to episode 15 of the Aaron Wayne Podcast. What's up, guys? Here we go. Quick preview before we jump in. Uh, talk a little bit about yoga rooms filling back up. I talk about uh, some of my friends are listening to the podcast. Shouts out to the homies. Talked about getting the vaccine for COVID-19. Talked about cryptocurrency. Talked about a new book I'm reading called Breath by James Nestor. Let's go. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Feeling good today. Got a little snow shoveling in. And right before I started the podcast, I got a phone from my school district. Escuela Mañana is canceled. I don't know how to say the rest of that in Spanish. But yeah, school's canceled tomorrow. Crazy thing about snow days these days is that it's not actually a snow day. I still have to like give lessons to my kids. I just have to record the lessons and they can just access it whenever they want to access it instead of like teaching live on the internet or teaching live in person. I'm teaching like half, half. So I got to do some lesson plans tonight, which is whatever. I just got to adapt it a little bit, record a few videos. And um, yeah, so that's what's going on, man. Teaching yoga and like, I was going to take a nap. Didn't came in for this podcast. I put it on the calendar. I'm doing it trying to make a regular practice of recording these on Mondays. I'm like three weeks ahead. And so um, if I stay ahead, then I can just keep on cruising. Teaching yoga at six tonight. It's crazy, man. The the studio space, because of the, like the COVID restrictions, I'm only, uh, we're only allowed to have nine people in the room at a time because that 10 makes, you know, nine plus the teacher makes 10. And so there's like a bunch of people on the waiting list for the class. And that wasn't the case three months ago or two months ago. So what I'm seeing is that people are into the idea of coming back in to do yoga. And so we're still doing it like an online, like hybrid model. So I'm like teaching kind of just like I'm teaching at public school. I'm teaching half in person, half at home. And um, yeah, it's like it's filling up like yoga is on its way back, which is awesome. It feels good to know that there are people that are wanting to come out and, and kick it and do some movement. So um, yeah, class at six tonight, but this is recorded for the future. This won't be published for a month. So I'll still be teaching that class. Yeah. If you're in Blacksburg, come through in balance yoga studio. It's where I teach 6 PM. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. I just, uh, so this is like 15th podcast and I just started posting it on my social media and I don't have like a huge social media following. I just, you know, mostly people, it's people I know. Right. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I just posted recently that I'm doing a podcast on my social and then like, I got to jump in who's watching it. And then I ended up chatting with a couple of close friends and it's really crazy. And they probably just like skip through it. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, Aaron's doing a podcast. Let me see the beginning, get halfway through the end. He's still talking. Let me get all the way to the end. He's still talking. And that's what, you know, whatever they're in my life. So they hear enough of me jabbering around, but it's crazy that, um, you know, people are starting to listen and, um, it's kind of interesting. It's interesting to see, um, makes me feel, um, not self-conscious, but just like self-aware that, um, this isn't just a project that I'm out here doing. It's actually going out into the world, but I guess that was my intention because I posted it. Do you know what I mean? But, uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I think I found a routine here found a routine of making them and putting them out and talking and it feels good to just speak freely and kind of kick it so shoveled the snow today who knew that was such a pain in the keister man i uh haven't shoveled snow in years since i lived in winchester i used to live downtown winchester you sort of like if you if you're one of the people who lives 
like in row houses and you don't shovel the sidewalk right in front of your house, you're a jerk. Don't, you got to shovel your sidewalk. And so I haven't done that since I lived downtown because now I live out in the country and it's just like, I don't even have a sidewalk. I don't even have a place I can walk next to my house. I have, you know, big yard, but like, I'm not going to shovel the yard. That's ridiculous. So I shoveled the driveway because the van almost got stuck. Oh my God. Listen to this. Couple weeks back, Katie and I go on a hike, and there's this spot where there's a fire road that connects to like National Forest Fire Road, and then like some private property. And so you can drive. It's like farm, like cows and stuff. And so you can drive on this road, which I think is technically owned by the state. But you, we're driving on this road. We get to the hike, blah blah blah. It like had snowed, and there was some snow on the had, that hadn't melted. And I was like, whatever, it's not a big deal. And we're in the van, and our van is a Dodge ProMaster 3500, and it is a monster. I mean, not only is the van itself heavy, but then, like, I make, turned it into a tiny home, so it's even heavier. I think it, I mean, it's got to be over 10,000 pounds. But I have no idea what I'm talking about. I haven't weighed the thing. But I think the frame of it is, like, 8,000 pounds. Or I mean, it's just huge. And so we go have our hike. We have a good day. Um we come back to the van and I'm like, all right, now we got to figure out how to get out of here, which is like so stupid. Like it was such a good lesson for me to go into a position that ended up like punchline of the story is like, we were sort of in danger and I just didn't think about it. I was just like, Oh, we'll skedaddle. We'll, we'll go down. We'll have our hike, whatever. And so as we're leaving, there's a big steep hill. As we're going up the hill, the van sort of like, it doesn't stall, but the momentum stalls, if that makes sense. So like the, the, tires and the engine are still running but then the traction control and it starts like the dashboard starts flickering and stuff because the traction control is like okay you're doing something wrong so we're going to start shutting down the computer and so then the like three quarters of the way up the hill the van just like it's to a stop and i'm like all right crap so i get out of the van and katie's in the passenger seat and the dogs are up front because you know they're just dogs they like to chill in the front and so i get out i go behind the van to kind of assess the situation. And I'm like looking, I'm like, all right, how close is that farm? How close is that farm? Like, can I walk over? And then the middle of my train of thought thinking how I'm going to get out of this situation, the van hits me in the back because the van started sliding. Like it started sliding down the hill and I'm not in it. And it hit me in the back and I'm, you know, we're on ice and snow. And so I freak out. I like grab onto my bike which is I have a bike rack on the back. I'm like, Oh, stop it this way. It's like so stupid. And then uh, I run around the van. This all happens in the span of like four seconds. I run around the van up to the front seat, the van, instead of going straight down, it starts to careen to the side and starts to go towards the ditch. And all the while I'm thinking I have to get behind the wheel of this car. And so I open up the driver's side door. I like run up like straight, like I'm a hobo trying to catch a train all the way out to the West coast. And so I'm like skedaddling. I open the door and Katie has two hands on the wheel. And she's like, what do I do? <laughs> like this freak out moment. Um, but she had the wherewithal to like turn the wheel and she hit the brakes, which like when you're on ice, you shouldn't slam on the brakes, but it worked in this situation. And she ended up like sort of steering the van into uh, like an embankment and it wasn't going fast. So like there was no damage, no harm, no, like nobody got hurt. Um, but it was like a real intense situation. And we ended up getting, I like walked up and talked to a, this guy. I walk up to his door and I knock on it, knock on the back door. Nobody answers, knock on the front door. I'm like, okay, well we're in the middle of nowhere. So I know you're here. I can hear the TV. Like, you, like I have to get something like I have to get like a, no, I can't help you. Or here's a number to whatever. 
And so that I end up, she ends up, this woman answers the door and she invites me into her house. And I'm like, you know, there's a pandemic right now. And, uh, but I went in anyway, I'm vaccinated. Um, so I went in and, um, you know, kept distance and whatnot, but I was, and I was only in there for like two or three minutes, but she calls Pappy from the back and Pappy rolls, you know, he's in his like lounge chair and he's watching his shows. And this is like, I don't know, probably nine thirty, ten o'clock on a Sunday. Like we got after it. Like we wanted to get out early and enjoy the snow. Like that was the point. And then Pappy comes out and, you know, just like every bit of old time farmer that was in his sweatpants watching, I don't know what, I don't know what this guy watches, probably like World War II documentaries or something. I don't know what he's doing. And then he ends up pulling us out with the tractor, which ended up being sketchy. And we thought, I thought I was going to like flip into this cow field. Long story short, that's the punchline. We got out. I'm alive. I'm here podcasting with you and the van is in the back. So that's it. If you, if you're keeping track, if you've been listening to more than one episode of this, if you're keeping track, I've put this van in multiple bad positions. There was one time I almost got us uh, stuck in a Creek um, and then I ended up backing out and I hit a tree and put a big dent in the back of it. There's this instance. Um, we went to go get ice cream the other day and I almost got stuck in a parking lot. I couldn't like get out of it. It's just like, this thing is huge. It's so massive, but I love driving it. I want to drive it everywhere. We have other cars. We have Katie's car and my truck, which is just sort of like rusting in the yard, but just like a true Virginian, I got a pickup truck rusting in my yard, but I just love driving the van. Yeah, it's chaos though. It's not easy to maintain one of these things when you're not living in it in the winter time. My uh, faucet snapped in half the other day and I keep the lines. I thought I had the lines dry. So like I turned the water pump on this is how, this is how I like winter proof without having done it. I should have looked it up online, but I didn't. I was like, this makes sense to me. I leave the pump on and I keep the faucet open and then it runs water obviously. And then I turn the pump off and all of the pressure in the line hypothetically pushes the water out of the line. And then I keep the line open because if you've never had a pipe burst, it's because of the expanding of water when it freezes. So if there's, if it's a pressurized line, then it pressurizes to an extent where it breaks, like it pops um, your line somewhere. So I just keep the faucet open, but there was a pool of water in the faucet. Cause we have this like beautiful gooseneck um, faucet. And I guess, cause it getting like 20 degrees and then 40 degrees and then 30 degrees. And you know, it's just like the fluctuations of temperature I ended up snapping the thing in half. I just walked into the van two days ago and I was like, why is what's going on? There's water all over the counter. And it's cause the thing like had a crack in it. And then it, as soon as I examined it, it just snapped right in half. So these things, I mean, if you want a van, build a van, but things will go wrong. Let me have a sip of coffee here. Mm. Yes, indeedy. Yeah. I got my vaccine. My school district's been really good about it. And then I'm hearing all these, you know, NPR, stories about people who are waking up at 5 a.m senior citizens waking up at 5 a.m trying to figure out how to use a web browser and you know a woman and her husband and her daughter like all in concert working together like it's you know about to be like a shoe drop or something and they're trying to get this before it goes and people are just struggling to get the vaccine which is just so crazy because it was unbelievably easy for me to get and like, I'm a 32 year old vegan yoga instructor, you know, I'm not in the risk category. So I feel a little guilt about having gotten it, but I'm glad I got it. You know, 
and like everybody, I was like doing my research, like what, why did, why did it come out so quickly? So on and so forth, which is interesting. And I'm not going to get political, but it's interesting. Like, you know, Trump said he was going to get the vaccine out and then he did. And then it's sort of like everybody forgot that he was the one that really pushed, pushed, pushed to get it out. But I guess in reality, it's the scientists that got it out. I mean, he had nothing to do with it other than saying it was going to get done. So I don't know. Talking to a buddy of mine yesterday who, um, he and I have similar political beliefs, but then other very different political beliefs. And in the last podcast, I talked about having, um, a friend who's like really open-minded and into tarot and like esoteric stuff. And she's just like really far out and awesome to like hear the ideas that come out of her. So it's like, you got to have a friend in your camp who's really like open-minded so that they can show you places where you're closed. And then you can sort of examine why you're closed there. And then converse, like not conversely, but like another person to have in your camp is, um, it's easy to find people that you agree with politically because they're just want to be chatting with you, but finding someone who, you know, you don't have a lot of overlap with when it comes to worldview. Like you need one of those people in your camp too, because, you know, apparently there had been other riots and I haven't substantiated this, but he told me when we were talking, you know, there was some climate climate change um marches on the capitol um there was another one that he said i don't remember what it was because i didn't research it i was just talking to him but um yeah apparently there's been other instances where people have marched on the capitol now the distinction he and i both agreed on this which is you know the march on the capitol that uh happened on january 6th of 2021 uh like a month ago for me from recording this um was fundamentally different you know i mean people died and it's tragic and really kind of scary but um it's interesting because i i didn't know that you know people had gotten into the chambers before and like shouted out protest slogans and so forth which again is like not anywhere near what happened on january 6th with that sort of protest but um it's still interesting because i didn't hear I, I had no idea about that so it's like it's good to have someone who's willing to run counter narrative to what you have in your head because then you can I mean, it, it strengthens what you know, um, so that if you still believe the, you know, progressive ideas or the conservative ideas, whatever side it is you're on, like you can kind of strengthen what it is that you feel. I got a cough. Hold on. <coughs> there you go. Got that out of the way. I was talking to another friend this weekend. He made like thousands of dollars trading crypto in like a week or two, like multiple thousands of dollars. Crypto thing is so crazy. I've been into crypto since like, I don't know, 2017-ish. And it was, at, at that point it was just Bitcoin and Litecoin. Like you could, like those are the things. And the first Bitcoin I ever bought, and yeah, I did own an entire Bitcoin. Do I own one now? No. Because in like 2018, I was super broke and I sold it and I made like a hundred bucks or 200 bucks or something. And I think if you look at the, you can look at the charts, I think a coin was maybe like 800 bucks or a thousand bucks or something like that. And I was like, oh yeah, 10% return. Here we go. Like whatever the number was. And I just sold it instead of like, I, I should have sold the dividends on it and then just pocketed that and kept the, the, guess you wouldn't say principal because it's not a loan but the initial investment i should have kept the initial investment in there 
of a coin because as of now, I checked it earlier today, Bitcoin is worth $38,000, which is just so crazy. Um, but I was I was super into this stuff early days. I remember watching a Rogan podcast with this guy named Andreas Antonopoulos, and he was talking about how Bitcoin can like make banking accessible to people in countries where banking systems are either unsta- unstable, instable, inst- where there's instability, and also that it's just like cash for the internet. And um, you know, the conversation at that point was really starting after Snowden leaked the documents about the NSA tracking everything, like this camera that's not even on, like it could be turned on, this Mac, like maybe somebody could turn a camera on there, I don't know. Allegedly, that's what uh, Snowden said is possible. So there was a lot of conversation about privacy and um, Bitcoin was sort of a, a solution for that. I mean, it's not anonymous, but um, it's su- like semi-anonymous. Like it's really hard to, tra- it's hard to track back through the blockchain where uh, the money comes from. But now they're like legitimately anonymous currencies and the coin, the, co- the crypto world is exploding. As so I was talking to my buddy um, and he was saying like, he used a term called DeFi, which is decentralized finance. And I just went into a rabbit hole um, on Sunday trying to figure out like, how does that shake out? What does that look like? And so you have, um, I'm not going to, this is not, I'm not the guy. I was about to go into explaining all this. And I think I have like a C plus understanding of how crypto works, but so I'm not the guy look at somebody else, but apparently there's a lot of decentralized finance, which allows for people to do small loans, big loans, uh, earn interest on their capital, um, all of these things. And it's entirely independent of banking, banking structures, which I think is crazy because you have, you have like the conversation around what is going to happen when automated cars dismantle the, um, trucking industry and the transportation industry and what's going to happen to, um, food service workers when you can automate like for for example today after the gym i went to uh panera i didn't even talk to a person i just walked in poured my coffee out of the spout and then left because i had an app i didn't have to communicate with anybody i just went in grabbed it and then bounced and more and more of that is happening like panera didn't have that five years ago at least where i live and uh one of my guilty pleasures is taco bell and my wife's in the other room. And if she hears me chatting about Taco Bell, she'll come in here and start talking trash about me because I love Taco Bell. Because it's one of the few places you can get vegan food um, for like a buck. You can get a burrito for a dollar. Do I get one burrito? No. I get way more than I should. And I'm not going to talk about that right now. Moving on. But we talk about those sorts of systems. And then the other conversation that gets brought up by guys like Andrew Yang is like, yes, the the trucking industry is going to restructure uh, labor in this country because so many people work in transportation. But what we're missing is that also there's softwares that can write d- prose. They can write um, convincing prose. You give them um, a thesis and an objective and they'll, they can write prose. And so eventually we're going to see a lot of lawyering, which, um, you know, outside of the space of, like criminal law, a lot, my understanding, at least I'm not a lawyer, but a lot of that is clerical. I mean, a lot of it is knowing how to file paperwork in to, um, predetermined predetermined forms, processes, all these things. And so all you have to do is create a program that can do that. And if they can write convincing enough, um, prose, then that business is out too. And so like, that's like a second layer of conversation. The third layer conversation is to think about banking. What happens when the banks don't need, I don't need the bank to make a loan. 
if I have 40,000 people on the Ethereum network that are willing to loan $5, five USDs worth of Ethereum to me, and then I can exchange that, they earn interest on my loan and they're making small loans that they get whatever dividend back on and there never needs to be a bank. So we're going to see that too. And that's why it's like, it's interesting that these corporations, you know, you hear about, um, like PayPal has made investments in crypto. Um, I think, um, Goldman Sachs has been talking about it and it's like, it's, it's like, do they, are they trying to get in on it before they lose control of it? Or are they trying to make investments? I don't know. It's confusing to me. I don't. I don't know what their. I don't know what their motivations are. I'm sure they're. I mean, hopefully they have pure motivations. But like, definitely, it's a banking industry. They're, bankers make money. That's what bankers do. So, but it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out because you won't need banks in 20 years, 40 years. This stock stuff. I don't know. I think I talked about this when I recorded a podcast the other day, but the wall street bet stuff on Reddit and how that's affecting the stock market and how quickly the government is like, I don't know if the government's doing anything, but people are like talking heavy about it. Like in the media, they're saying this can completely dismantle and just like this can destroy traditional stocks. And it's like, well, that's sort of the point. That's what they were trying to do. They're trying to disrupt the idea of shorting. I'm not going to talk about that. I talked about that last week. I wrote down here breath by James Nestor. If you guys haven't read this book, um, he did an interview with Rogan. He did, his name's James Nestor. He did one with Rogan. He did one with Rich Roll. Um, some other ones I'm not sure, but this book called Breath, or maybe Breathe. I always confuse the verb and the noun. But um, he, uh, what the title of the book is, if whether it's a ner- verb or a noun, but he, the book is, is really stellar on aggregating all of the science of how breath can affect the the health of a person and um he sort of goes through like the first two two thirds of the book is just like real like detailed scientific research like um kind of taken through a narrative of his experience of meeting different scientists and different like opera singers and the dentist, which was really interesting about how the structural, um, integ- like the structure, the shape of your jaw affects the breathing patterns that you have, which I thought was super interesting. And then in the last third of the book, then he like goes on this conversation. He like introduces this conversation of like, and by the way, the Indians have been doing this for 5,000 years with pranayama practices, which like as a yoga teacher, I'm like, that is exactly how you need to approach this. You got to hit them with the science and then be like, and by the way, all you ever had to do was yoga. You don't even need an explanation for it because you can just feel it if you're doing yoga. Mm. Googly moogly. I have a sip of water on that one. My wife's in the other room. She's watching Netflix or chilling or something. I don't know what she's doing, but... We did our meal prep today, which is exciting. If you're not meal prepping, I don't know how you're getting through your life. I don't know how you get through a normal, busy Monday through Friday if you're not prepping your meals. Unless you're going out to eat, but we can't afford to go out to eat every night. But um, meal prep, man, that's the move. So we did our meal prep. It's like our nice little Sunday tradition. We'll put on a podcast or some music, and then we just kind of crush it. We kind of get after it with uh, prepping our meals. So, But she's in the other room. And uh, we have a snow day. Today's Monday. It's not Sunday, even though it's normally our Sunday tradition to meal prep. And 
I put it on my calendar to record a podcast on Monday. And then as soon as it popped up as a notification on my calendar, I was like, oh no, my wife is here. And it made me feel self-conscious immediately to think that like, I'm in here doing this thing, which is like, not really serving a purpose for anybody other than me. It's, it's like, if you're, if you're watching this and you're enjoying it, like that's fantastic. But the reason I'm doing this is so that I can have the opportunity to think clearly, because like I said, in my last podcast, um, I just need the time to speak out loud because that's my learning style. And so it's kind of interesting to say like, yeah, I know we could just kind of sit and chill on the couch, but I'm going to go do this thing. Then now that I say it out loud, I'm thinking I probably should have gone to hang out with her, but we have time. We make time for each other. That's one of the biggest things that I've learned. Um, so my wife and I have been together for, uh, a really long time since we were 13 and, uh, started dating when we were 13, got married at like 25, I think. So we've been married for seven years, eight years this July. And one of the when we are grooving at our best, it's when we are scheduling time, like in the calendar to go on dates. And um, when we get real busy, we like let that drop and it's we always notice. We just aren't communicating as well. Um, we feel like there's something missing even if it's not explicitly stated. And so like if, if you're in a relationship, the biggest thing you can do is schedule time to date your partner. It's like, it's crucial. I mean, there's no way that you can expect to be good at being someone's partner if you're not practicing being someone's partner. Do you know what I mean? Sorry about these little like tick ticks. I got to figure out this wire. Yeah. Buddy of mine, I posted on Instagram that, uh, I post uh, that I had a new podcast up a buddy of mine who, um, like I grew up with, he and I lived on the same street and, um, he's out doing his thing. He's a, he's a cop now, but he's also a photographer and like a really gifted and close up magic, uh, card magic guy. That's what you call is, is that what you call them? I don't know, but, but he's really gifted at it and he does good video editing and stuff. And, um, he just reached out. He's like, Hey man, listen to the podcast. Audio sounds great. Um, you seem natural. And it was like a really genuine unsolicited compliment that I really appreciated. Um, so if you're out there, thanks buddy. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, he, I was thinking, I was thinking about him and it's just so interesting to have just to do things. And I talked about it in my last podcast, just like go do things without expectation. Like he's a photographer. He's a close up magic man. He's a magic man. And he's a cop. Like he's got a full-time job. Like he's out there, you know, working a real job. And it's like, Oh, I also want to do X, Y, Z. And I just have so much appreciation for people who are willing to do stuff. And then I had this idea. I was talking to Katie the other day because I was a little self-conscious. As soon as I posted this on my Instagram, I was like, okay, what am I expecting by posting this and giving it to like the people who follow me on Instagram? And I thought, well, what are these people doing on Instagram? They're reposting other people's memes or they're posting pictures, images, and videos of themselves doing things. And it's like, that's what I'm doing with this. It's the exact same thing, except it takes a little bit more time and it's actually useful for me. Like I actually find value in doing this. Um, but for some reason 
because, and again, this is just me in my head probably. Um, for some reason, it seems as if it's more egotistical than the typical social media user because, and I think if I think it through, it probably feels more egotistical because I am taking more time and effort to do it. But it's like, well, I think the counter argument to that is, well, everybody's taking time on these social media platforms. They're just not creating something that is as clearly as articu- uh, as clearly articulated. It's not as thorough and clear because it's just a snapshot. So that's my defense, defense of the podcast. Yoga's coming back, baby. I'm going to keep this one at 30. Nice tight 30. But yoga's coming back. I'm teaching in like an hour and a half. I'm super stoked. It's nice to be back in space teaching yoga and having a full room of people. And when I say full, I mean, I mean nine people. Dude, I used to teach classes that would have like 50 people in it. It's like 105 degrees in there. Humidity at 40, 45%. And the music is just like... And I'm like teaching. I'm like walking around the room. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm high-fiving and stuff. Felt great. I can't wait to get back to that. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap it up. That was a good one. Hope you guys do something fun today. Build something. Make something. Do something. Forget the haters. This is your public service announcement from Aaron Wayne. Peace out, guys. That's it. Thanks for traveling. Here we go. Follow me on Instagram at Aaron Wayne Yoga. Uh, website is AaronWayneYoga.com. Shoot me an email at hello at Aaron Wayne Yoga. And um, that's all I got for you guys. Just keep on cruising. Subscribe on YouTube. I got the YouTube channel running. So hit me with the sub. And then uh, that's it, man. Peace out, guys.